buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. Gracious. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> What's up, people? Oh my goodness, we are back and we are so ready for this. What has it been, like five or six weeks we've taken off? Probably the longest time we've taken off ever. It's been a really long time. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like it. It seems just like yesterday. We were just recording this amazing show for these amazing people <laughs> and just killing it. You know? It's like riding a bike, Phil. Yeah. You know I love riding bikes. Uh-huh. You love it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys are doing wonderful. I hope you guys are just doing wonderful. Um my name is Corey Kingston. I'm the drummer for Gogo Bordello. <laughs> I can't even finish the sentence, dude. I was going to come in and, and just have you address me as Corey, the drummer for Gogo Bordello. <laughs> I can't even get through the sentence, though. It's like you guys know I'm obviously joking. <laughs> um, that laugh and that voice that you hear, that just that handsome voice almost exploded my brains with how loud he was at the initial hello this morning. <laughs> that voice that you hear is the one, the only fantastic funky Phil Pardell. Yeah. It's only one clap right now, Phil. <laughs> I give myself a clap. There we go. Yeah. The reason why it's only one clap is because I don't have a dongle. I need a dongle to play drops, and I don't have the dongle. I'm sorry. That's a funny word, dongle. It is. I don't have one. <laughs> I don't even have a little one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, oh, this is man. the Drum Brigade podcast. Um, we're so just thrilled, just thrilled to be here today. Over the moon to be back with you guys doing this wonderful podcast that we give, this content that we give you for free people for free we don't run sponsorships on this show you know we don't have people that support this show we just do it for us and for you yeah yeah all right so um drum brigade is the place for camaraderie over competition it's the place where you belong it's the place where if you're a drummer if you're an aspiring drummer if you're a music enthusiast if you're just a person dude you want to vibe with us this is the place for you drum brigade um, we have awesome merch. We have all kinds of drumsticks, three sizes, 5A, 5B, 7A on our website. We have a membership website where you can take lessons with me and um, also get content like video content, lesson video content and stuff like that. I'm working on that constantly. So check that out. It's all on drumbrigade.com. Also, you can take drum lessons with Funky Phil. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... Um, all kinds of stuff we got going on. Um, we're just getting back in the swing of things, but we are, we're constantly, we're about ready to get at it. Right. Funky Phil. Mm -hmm. So let's not waste any more time. We're going to do this without a dongle. Let's get into it. <laughs> oh yeah. That's what you call me literally holding the mic to my iPad. Oh. And then hitting the button. <laughs> That's so sad. I don't have a dongle. <laughs> I don't have um, a dongle. <laughs> Phil, I'm back finally. I missed you. I know, man. I know. I thought you were um, going to talk. We were going to have a road show. And you're like, <laughs> I'm too busy. I'm the drummer of Go-Go Bordello. <laughs> I can't even talk to you, chump. 
Okay, well, we're going to have to get into this because I do have an explanation. Okay. <laughs> and um, I'm going to take you through like the day in the life of like why I was so busy. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, it's been five weeks, six weeks. And so the time is now. I got to get on a soapbox. Funky Phil. What happened? I got some explaining to do. Mm. All right. So people, let me explain. I got a, I, I don't even know where to start. I got so many things to talk about. <laughs> okay. So this tour went really, really well to a certain extent. Yeah. Okay. To a certain extent. Oh. There's an asterisk there. I mean, yeah. An asterisk. <laughs> asterisk. What is it called? Asterisk. I don't know. Um, <laughs> There's a, there's a, you know, yeah. Okay. So two weeks into the tour, I mean, the tour is just, it, we're going strong, man. It's like, it took me about a week and a half to kind of, or a week maybe to get like my bearings and be like, oh yeah. Okay. I'm on tour. We're good. I saw you at the observatory. Yes. Awesome. Came out. Jason came out. Thanks, man. I was kind of nervous with friends being there. What? That's stupid. Thank goodness you didn't come to the first show. The first show was a bit rocky, dude. I'm not going to lie. Is it, was Tosh at that one? No, that was the night before. Oh. The night... Okay, so the LA show is where I felt like I started finally getting like, okay, now this is my gig. You know? Nice. And I like, I got this. I'm confident. I can put a little bit of me in this set. You know? Like, I can put a little Corey... couple Corey drum fills and... Um, it's pretty restricted though. Like I can't embellish too much on this gig. Like I have to play their material the way they want it. Yeah. And there's no gospel chops. Not that I do that, but oh, you know. man, that's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing like there's one song that I was kind of like trying to, I was embellishing. I was still allowed to embellish at San Diego, but shortly thereafter, I kind of got like not a talking to, but just kind of like a, Hey, this is, um, meant to be like a mellow song <laughs> you don't need to like go that ham i'm like okay yeah yeah i got it nice. um okay so anyways we're in the machine dude we're just you know groundhog's day is starting you know to feel it's starting to feel like that like you know you wake up in a new city or and so we got like a week left to the tour and i'm like we're in the final stretch man we're doing it like we're doing it we have we have like a full week left we're all leading up to this this show in Chicago, this um, this Woo. festival date. I saw the picture from that. It looked like, <laughs> yeah, looked like a pretty decent crowd. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty cool. I have a lot to say about that too. But um, so we're in. I don't. I don't remember where Minnesota. I think, and um, things are kind of weird. Like the tour manager is a bit frantic. He's kind of like. Okay, like I walk into the show and the the sound men are like they're having a problem, like the board isn't isn't like it, it there's something wrong with well like so the sound guy goes, my monitor guy goes, "Yeah, check this out." And then he like hits like auto or whatever, like he puts his 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 files in and then he hits like, you know, the button to make all the the files compute on the board, right? Yeah. 
And like some of the faders are just like up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, like continuously. That's and not there's like, sound. There's like <laughs> other, it's the board is just going bananas. Oh no. And he's like, we're not using this. So we just forced them to go home and grab another board or go to their storage or whatever. So they're going to do that. And then he tells the tour manager and the tour manager is just like, okay. But then he just like kind of walks out of the room. <clears throat> Haven't seen the guitar player all day. And I'm like, where's this dude? And he's kind of, me and him are kind of on the same program where like normally it's just me and him in the dressing room. We kind of stick to ourselves. You know, we do our thing. We've, you know, we were very cool. But like, so I was just like, maybe he's just going to see the town or whatever. So then I'm in the dressing room and then the tour manager's like, hey man, um, or no, the somebody comes in and says, hey, or the bass player comes in and says, hey, uh, the tour manager needs to see everybody on the bus right now. Uh-oh. And I was like, oh, band business meeting. I'm like, well, does that include me? And he's like, everybody, band and crew, everybody out, go to the bus right now. So I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Oh boy. I'm thinking like somebody died. Somebody's, I don't know what's going on. We go on the bus. He's like, the guitar player has tested positive for COVID. No. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so he's like, we've already removed him from the bus. He's in a hotel room. He's staying there. He absolutely is not playing the show tonight. And now we have to test everybody, COVID tests every day for the next five days. Dang. And I'm like, oh, crap. So um, they test everybody. Test me, negative. I'm like, thank God. Yes. They test uh, everybody. And the girl singer that plays the marching band drum. Uh Uh-huh test positive no so she has she's crying she's just like i mean they're done they're like they're not on the tour they can't come back they're they're done they're in a hotel room brutal so we're like okay now what so i'm like well am i going home now like what's going on and so the mentality is kind of like since everybody has tested negative like we can do the show without the guitar player the singer will now have to play play lead guitar which is going to be a substantially different show. Yeah. Um, and so I'm already thinking on my feet, like, can the guitar tech play guitar? Can the opening guitar player play like the band, the guy that's in the opening band, can he play guitar? Like, how do we make this work? <clears throat> like we can get by without the female singer, even though she plays a big part in the band, we can, we can still do a scaled down version of the show. So we're like, okay, show's going on. And so we played that show that night and it was like punk rock, dude. It was just like, it was totally different, but we are punk rock as it gets. (laughs) Yeah, we were that night, dude. No guitar player, just the lead singer played guitar and it was fun, but it was just like, whoa, this is, this is rough. Okay. We don't see the guitar player and the singer again. They're gone. They're on, they're in a hotel room. Mm. So the next day I wake up. And I'm kind of like, oh boy, huh, huh, that's weird. Uh, that's probably nothing. <laughs> get, I have to wake up, get tested immediately. I test negative. I'm like, thank God. Yes. Then I eat an orange. I'm like, everybody's like, boost your immune system. I eat an orange. One of the pulps feels like it gets stuck in my chest. So now I'm like, uh, for like two days. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to get this stupid pulp out. 
not coming out, dude. <laughs> really? And I'm like, dang it, dude. Dang it. So I'm kind of freaking out, dude. I'm kind of freaking out. The second day, I test negative. I'm like, okay, <clears throat> I'm good. So the third day, now I'm I'm feeling like this pulp in my chest. I'm waking up in the morning like, ah! Ah! <laughs> it's not working, dude. It's not working. <laughs> that night, I'm in my bunk, and I'm like, man, it's cold. It's freezing in here. I'm under the covers, like, bundled. And I'm just like, dude, I can't sleep, man. Oh, no. I'm like, why can't I sleep? I'm freezing in here. But I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I tested negative. You're good. All right. Fourth day, I'm sick, dude. I'm very sick. Like, I wake up and I'm like, I'm sick. Dang it. But I'm not, like, dying. It's just like, okay, I don't want to freak anybody out. Well, this is the third day. I'm like, I don't want to freak anybody out, but I definitely have symptoms. I'm like, I'm a little achy. I was like a little cold in my bunk. I definitely have a cough now. It's, I can't hide it. So when my nose is runny. When you'd say you're getting tested every day, was it those like instant tests? Like the yes. 15 minute test? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I test again that day and they're like, look, man, just because, you know, you have the sniffles and you have a cough, it doesn't mean that it's COVID. It just means that, you know, this other stuff still exists. You could have a cold, you can have a flu, you know, you could just be exhausted. We don't know, but the test is saying that you are negative. So you're fine. So I'm like, okay, let's go coffee, you know, just stay healthy, eat healthy, you know, and, and, um, let's go. So the plan was to get through the tour and then the the next week was my anniversary for my, with me and my wife, 16 years. Yes. Thank you. So the plan was get through the tour. My wife is flying out. We bought her ticket to fly out to the last day. We have two shows on the last day. She's going to go with us to the last shows. Since it's the last day, she'll be able to come on the bus with us and we won't have to be so strict on the protocols and um everything will be fine and then that sunday is the first day of my vacation woo and so i get to have a week long vacation we leave the following sunday and um we have a full week in chicago me and my wife hang out <clears throat> and we have our anniversary well so the day of the festival dude i wake up and i'm like yeah man this is this is tour life i'm sick but the show must go on. I got two shows today. One of them is a festival show outdoors. But yeah, man, I'm feeling it now. I'm like, it's, you know, nasal coughing. I have, I'm taking Dayquil. Like it's the full thing. Right. And, um, test in the morning, negative. Nice. And they're like, you're not in the clear until you test for five days. So today your wife is coming. You still have to wear your mask. You cannot kiss your wife. Hello. You have to kind of keep your distance. You know, you have to be responsible. You could get your wife sick and you're not technically in the clear yet. So we're like, okay. So I had to wear a mask all day long when I'm around my wife. Couldn't kiss my wife. Aww. Gave her a little hug, but that was kind of it. And um, that was it. So we played the shows. By the time we got to the the, the second show, 
dude, I was dying. I was like, I don't know how, how I'm going to make it through this. And I'm drinking coffee, like I'm drinking like these these vegan like energy drinks that my wife has that are all natural. I drank probably like two or three of those in one day. Normally one is good. <clears throat> I drank like two or three of those. So then they're like, okay, that's the end of the tour. Yay. And um he's like, Hey, so you know, since this is the fourth day, I said I tested negative today, so we're good, right? And he's like, No, you gotta test one more day. So he's like Obviously, like the band is getting everybody the room, their rooms before they fly out tomorrow. You guys are staying, but I still think you should stay in your own room and your wife should stay in her room. So, and because we paid for her, I paid for her room or for our room for our anniversary, you know? So, um, yeah, she goes to her room. I go to my room separate and, um, I go to bed and now I just played like two of the hardest shows of my life. Woo. Like I'm exhausted. Like I'm, I feel like I'm jet lagged. I'm so exhausted. And I lay down on my bed and I'm just like, I can't sleep. Like there's something going on. Maybe I drank too much coffee, but I can't sleep. And it's crazy. Like I'm like kind of hallucinating. I'm so tired. So wake up in the morning. I'm like, woohoo, vacation time. Let's go. Oh yeah. Oh, I get up shave, pack my stuff, get dressed, smell good, you know, going to see my wife finally after three weeks. Oh yeah. Let me get this stupid test over with. Do the test. Boom. For sure. Positive. No. For like, it's supposed to take 15 minutes for you to get your results. This was 30 seconds, two lines. Damn. You are a for sure positive COVID. Dude, that sucks. So, Sunday, first day of the of the vacation that now I'm paying, it's on my dime. Like, we rented a car, we oh, got a hotel, man. we have an Airbnb, we have a nice hotel for the day of our anniversary, all of the above. Oh. And the first day, I test positive. Dude, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, dude, when you get a positive COVID test, like it's like you've seen a ghost. Yeah. You're just like, you're just like, this can't be like, not me. Like, no, <laughs> this can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you're just like, this is not possible. But at that point, dude, I was like, I'm, I'm, de- I'm like in denial. If I, if I think I'm not sick right now, like I'm, I'm sick. My nose is just gushing you know, fluid and I can't stop coughing. Like I'm sick. Dang. Um, dude. But now I'm not like sick. Like when I say I got it like in January or, or December, like, you know, January last year, I was dying. Like I probably should have went to the hospital. Yeah. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even make it to the bathroom from my room, which is probably like 20 feet. Whew. And like, I was like, collapsing like i was yeah i was dying this was nothing like that it was just like a minor you just felt cold or flu yeah and so i'm like what do i do like what do i do now i can't be with my wife like i haven't seen my wife and i saw her for one day i'm like i might have passed it to her even though i was wearing my mask the whole day and then so immediately the tour manager i get on the phone with the tour manager yo man I just tested positive for COVID and he's just like, crap. 
And so he's like, that means everybody else in the band has to test for five more days. He's like, um, we're going to extend your hotel room. So don't go anywhere. Just stay there. And he's like, I'm going to extend. He's like, should I just extend it till next week? And I'm like, no, dude. I'm like, I'm going to test like I'm going to test negative in a few days and then I'm going to hang out with my wife. And so he's like, all right, well, I'm going to ex- extend your hotel till Wednesday or till Tuesday or something. And so I'm just like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, you know what, dude, forget that. I'm like, just get me a car and I'm going to drive home. And he's just like, what? You can't do that. I'm like, I don't want to stay here from Chicago. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. I'm like, I'll just have a road trip. And so he's like, let's just, let's rethink about this. Just stay in the hotel room. Just rest up. Don't do anything. We'll extend it to Tuesday. So I'm like, all right, fine. So I have to call my wife. Hey, babe, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I just tested positive for COVID. And she's just like, no way. I'm like, it's fine. Like, I'm not super sick. I don't feel like I need to go to the hospital or anything like that. I just I feel a little sick. But, you know, I have to stay in the hotel. So she's just like, I don't, like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I'm going to rent you a car so you can get around. I'm like, just go have fun. Go do your thing. And I'm just going to unwind from this tour, you know, and just chill. So that was it. So then, you know, Monday comes and comes and goes. I don't even test Monday because I'm like the sickest I've been. I'm just like dying. <clears throat> but I like that day. I'm like, well, dude, I don't have anything in the hotel room. Like I don't have any water. I don't have anything. So I need to go and get some supplies, you know? So I like, I have an N95 mask and then I have other masks. So I double mask it and like put a sweatshirt on, like kind of, so that I'm not, and then keep my, keep away from people. And I have to walk to target, which is like at least a mile away. And so, yeah, double mask, dang, walk a mile to target and then walk a mile back, like with no problem. Like if I was really sick, no way I can walk two miles. Yeah. And, um, it was fine, dude. It was totally fine. It was like, but you feel like you feel like you are like, I don't know, a leper or something like you're just like, yeah, people yeah. don't even know yeah, that. Right. Like, it's not like, you know, we're used to walking around. Like I could be carrying it or somebody else could be carrying it. But when you're definitely carrying it, yeah, it's like, dude, you're like, you see like a family and their little kids and you're just like, Oh my God, like stay away from me, you know? <laughs> and like, they don't even oh, know. Oh man. And then like people walking around the store, like the idiots that are just like, you know, anti-mask and like, there's a couple of those people in the, in the, in the store that were just like kind of bogarting their way around. And here I am with two masks on and like kind of very much keeping myself away from people. Mm-hmm. There was like this big fat guy that was like obviously diabetic and like a loser and like not wearing a mask. And he's like pushing his big fat belly into <laughs> me to like get by in the line. No. And I'm just like this idiot has no idea (laughs) i'm standing right here completely contagious and like infected with this with this virus and he's pushing his way around without a mask on you know and i'm just i'm like you know i don't i don't know so anyways i didn't even i didn't even test that day because i was like i still have it there's no way like tested every i had to have my wife go pick up tests that are like not cheap you know, it was like eighty dollars in tests. Yeah, and um, what like twenty five bucks a pop? Yeah, for those. and so like, 
you know, and it's like at some point it's just dumb where you're just like, you know, you're going to test positive. You feel sick, you yeah. know? So why even waste the money on testing this? And sometimes you, you, you know, it can be a false test. So you have to use two of them. Mm, yeah. You know? And so dude, all week we get to where like, I'm testing again on Wednesday. I'm testing again on Thursday. Friday is my anniversary. So Thursday, it's like a very faint line where I'm like, okay, so I'm on, it's on its way out. Friday, I'll probably be testing negative. Supposedly, once you test negative, you're, you're good. Yeah. You're but no like, you still, yeah, you want to be cautious, but like they said three days after your, your symptoms, you should be non-contagious four days to be safe. Cool. And so my symptoms, I was still testing negative. The, the day that I tested positive was on the fifth day. And so I was probably not even contagious that day, but you know, just being safe and I was still coughing and like, dude, it was a nightmare. So, um, Friday comes, I'm like, I wake up again, same way I did on Sunday. Today's my anniversary. I'm not going to like, I'm going to be positive. I'm not going to like, you know, put negative energy on it. I'm going to test negative today and I'm going to go have a nice time with my wife. And, um, we're going to go, we're going to at least have the weekend Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday to go and, you know, explore and, and have a somewhat of a vacation. And then maybe tonight she'll sleep in my room or vice versa. If I test negative, wake up on Friday, dude, within 30 seconds, two solid lines. I'm full on positive again. Damn it. I'm just like, so that time I was pissed. Like I was like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm like, no, uh, -uh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing this. And so I, I'm like, I'm not staying in this room another day. I've already been here since Sunday and it's Friday. Like I'm sick of all of it. I'm sick of Netflix. I'm sick of TV. I'm sick of ordering Uber eats. I'm sick of it. Mm. Like I'm, I'm fine. Like if this was the, if this was a cold, like seriously, I would be like, let's go get some soup. Let's go get some coffee and man up and get out there and go see the city. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's like this, this is, this is how it felt. It was just like a, a I could do anything I wanted to do. I could easily play. A show. I went to the gym and worked out one of the days. Like, you know, I still feel sick, but I don't feel that sick. You know, and so that day, Friday, I was like, I'm sorry, but no, I'm not doing this again. So I'm like, double mask, let's go. And I put two masks on, bought a train ticket. I took the, the shuttle to the airport, bought a train ticket, took the train to downtown Chicago and spent the whole day like walking around, like kind of doing outdoor activities, like went to Millennium Park, walked around didn't really go into any places or anything like that. And I'm like, I'm just going to stay away from people. I'm just going to like try to keep my distance. I'm not going to take off my masks for any reason, except for to like drink some food, drink some something to drink or, you know, eat some food. And that's it. I'm mm -hmm. not going to even touch my wife. Like it's what it is. So dude, I walked 17,000 steps that day, six miles. Nice. With, um, with with testing positive with covid yeah and um i was like i'm so, so i'm texting my mom i'm like my mom i said hey just so you know because my mom is worried sick 
my mom totally believes in in like all the hype that goes around this stuff. So I said, hey, um, just so you know, I tested positive again today. She's like, okay, well, you better just stay in your hotel room. And I'm like so pissed. I'm like, nope, not doing that. She's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm getting out and going and getting some sunshine and getting some vitamin D. And like, I'm going to go get some exercise and walk around and I'm going to see my wife on my anniversary. I'm sorry. You can't do that. And I'm like, no, it's not that I can't. I am going to do that. I'm like, I said, look, I'm following all the criteria. I'm vaccinated. I'm wearing a mask. I'm keeping social distance. I'm like outdoors. Yeah. I'm doing all of the things. I'm sorry. I'm not staying isolated in an enclosed hotel room for another day. I'm not doing that. She's like, my mom's like, I just pray that you make the right decision. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to like allow this thing to control my stinking situation anymore. Like I'm just not like, I'm not trying to be selfish, but that's why I'm wearing a mask and that's why I'm staying away from people. You know, like that's the criteria I could like, there's probably people carrying it and they don't even know. Mm -hmm. And so my mom's like, you can infect people. And I'm like, I know that's why I'm wearing a mask. I'm wearing two. Two One of them is an N95. I can't even breathe. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, dude, I went and walked around. And then the next day, Saturday, that was, that was a good thing because the next day I was like, it was like a very, very, very faint line. Like it was pretty, like if you were, if you were like testing for the first time, that would probably be a negative, but it's like safe than sorry. So they call that as a positive, even though it's probably not positive. But, um, so I was like, okay, so this is like pretty much negative now. And then Sunday, so we, I did the same thing. We met for breakfast. Me and my wife met for breakfast. We had still haven't kissed her hello or anything like that. And we just kind of walked around the city a little bit, went to the zoo, walked around the zoo outdoors, um, got some good, like deep dish pizza kind of experienced Chicago in that way. Man, that sounds good. Yeah. And then, Sunday woke up Sunday. We're flying out. So Sunday I'm like, dude, I am not staying here another day. If I have to Sunday, I will start driving home. And so I woke up Sunday and it tested negative. And so I'm like, I'm getting on a plane. And so I seven days, six, six days testing positive. Seventh day was Sunday and I flew home. Dang. And then all of last week I had lingering like dude, I feel like dirt. Like I am exhausted. I'm kind of depressed, you know, the post tour blues kind of depression thing. And, uh, like I still have a cough. Um, it's today's the first day. I feel like it's as minor as it's been since I had my first symptom today. I went to the beach, got in the water this morning. Like I have energy. I'm barely coughing you know, and I feel like I can get through a normal day today. Nice. So COVID sucks, dude. COVID sucks. And like, it is, you know, in all of you dumbos who are like, so why did you get the vaccine, dude? It doesn't work. Does it? No one ever said that the vaccine stops you from getting COVID. The thing that it stopped me from doing is going in the hospital or like being on a ventilator and possibly dying. And so I'm very grateful that I 
got the vaccine and I'm very grateful that I'm in good health. Yeah, man. And like whether or not it's true or not, whatever, it doesn't work like how anybody that's saying that it doesn't work like you think it works. Like if you're going to be if 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 you're going to be in the position that I'm in, you know, on a tour bus with a band and crew, you know, a bunch of people, once it gets on the bus, you're done, dude. It's there's nothing anybody can do. You know, and so it doesn't matter what ventilators you have or any of any of that stuff. It's like air air purifiers, filters, boosting your immune system, dude. You're on a tour where you're exhausted. You're like on the 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 you know you're walking the tightrope of like getting sick one way or another, <clears throat> and like I just feel like, dude, you're in a you're in these venues where there's you know thousands of people, and you know, no matter what precautions you have, like I'm, I'm in the back, I have a fan blowing like right on my face so that like it's keeping everything away. It's like blowing away or across mm-hmm. my face. You know, there, it's just, dude, it, you would be stupid to put yourself in that position and not be vaccinated. You would be so stupid to do that. Like I had, I have somebody, I knew somebody that was like going to a wedding and they're, they're not vaccinated and they're like, there's 200 guests. They're like, well, they're going to make a table for us that's away from any, everybody. I'm like, that's not how it works. That's not how it works, dude. If you're in the same room, if you're around, if you go to the grocery store, you're putting yourself at risk. Mm-hmm. If you stay home and like even, even, I mean, there's just, there's too much that we don't know, man. Yeah. And so. Well, dude, I'm me, glad I'm, I'm, uh, that sounds like a crazy stressful End of, end of the tour, man. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you didn't get hit worse with it, man. I'm glad. I'm, I'm super grateful for that. And that's, yeah, it was, it, it was, sucks that that happened. Uh, it I'm does, sorry. it, it does, but I'm glad it happened at the end. I mean, I wish, I'm, I'm glad we didn't have to cancel any of the dates. Yeah. If I, if I would have gotten it, it's the tour's over. Yeah. You know, and I'm really gra- I'm glad that we got to play all the dates. I'm glad we got to play that Riot Fest. That was, that was good. That was a really great show. I haven't that played the in front big, of that many people. That was the big Chicago festival, right? Yeah. Fest? Okay. I haven't played in front of that many people in years, man. There's <laughs> a lot like, of people. How many do you, do you know how many people they I don't know. thought it was? I I heard like maybe like 70 or 80,000. Um it was and it was this one was a situation a different situation too because like the band that I'm playing with, like, so I've, I've done those kind of gigs, like with Agrolites or with Hepcat. Hepcat had a massive crowd too. Um, and, but they're on a, a smaller stage, like, but it was, um, that they, they still like, they were playing right before us. And I saw pictures and it was like, dude, but I've done like those kind of gigs where we're, you know, when you're a ska band on the, on a punk rock festival or like a reggae band, not everybody is like into it, you know? And so there isn't normally the biggest crowd when you're, when you're playing. And this was like, you know, I haven't been, I've done it. I've also done it with like, like, like Suedehead, my band Suedehead that I had, I played in years ago. Like we played Coachella and I expected Coachella to be like that, but we were like the opening band that nobody's ever heard of. And so we had like a couple hundred people watching us, but when they're supposed to be like, hundred a hundred thousand it looks like a very small amount of people watching you you know (laughs) and so or like most of the time with agrolites it was like when we did warp tour 
you know, it, it was like we were on warp tour and like the kids just weren't into what we were doing. And so it was only a bigger crowd when we played in like LA and orange County, but then every other town in the whole world was just like, you know, a thousand people. And so that's what I mean. So like in this situation, like we are setting up and doing line check and just for that, it was already like the, the crowd of people was already packed. That's By the awesome. time we finished our line check, it was, it looked like the picture I posted <laughs> where I was just like, these people are like amped to see this band. Like they definitely know who this band is. And there's people like, I mean, there's people like I walked around the festival to go see one of the other bands and there was like people wearing go, go Bordello shirts. And like, so I was like a lot of people like came here to see us, you know? And it was, a, it was a really weird situation where I was like, I, I need to soak this in. Like I need to, I don't, I don't want to get used to this. Like I want to appreciate where I'm at right now. And like, you know, realize that like I've worked hard and I've played a lot of these types of festivals to nobody when everybody's over there watching somebody else, you know? Yeah. And, um, we're playing and we're working our tails off to like, just get people to come over and watch us. I can't tell you how many times I've been in that situation. Mm -hmm. And so for, for me to be on that stage with that band in front of all those people, it was like, there was a sense of fulfillment, you know, and there was like a sense of like accomplishment and, you know, I was really, really happy and proud to be there and to be playing. And like, I really tried my best on that stage, but that was at the peak dude of like, I am sick as a dog right now. Oh, yeah. That sucks. That those coincided. <laughs> it's so funny, dude. Like, so, well, yeah, it, it was weird that that's, that's the kind of thing though, where I, i I look at that and I think this is, this is what keeps me, you know, a, a, it, it helps me to stay humble and it helps me to stay grounded and not get too caught up in this moment that like, you know, like I don't ever want to feel like I deserve to be here. Like, no, I, that sounds wrong. Cause I do feel like I do deserve to be here and I do feel like I belong here. I feel like I've worked hard to be here, but I don't ever want to get like content with like, or, um, complacent, you know, like where I'm used to this. Like you don't want to get entitled. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to get entitled. Yeah. I want to appreciate that there's thousands and thousands of people watching us play right now and like loving it, you know, and, and stuff. So I, I feel like that being sick, kind of helped it, it first of all playing in front of that crowd helped me to come out of being sick like it made me feel like you can do this even though you're sick even though you don't feel your greatest you still can play your best and like you can vibe off of this like interchange of you know vibrations or whatever and so um you can vibe off that crowd and feed off of that energy <clears throat> so it it really helped me and then then you know it was crazy dude it was just playing a festival and like i forgot how like how much of a like clown show it is sometimes you know but it was like the best sound i've ever had dude using in-ears on a festival unreal nice and um just like that being the last show of the tour or the the last day of the tour it was like the most confident i am with the set and with like, there was nothing I could do to like feel like, Oh no, what's going to happen. It was just like, dude, I know this, this, this 
set inside and out. And like, I think it can always improve and get better. And I could do a lot of things a lot better, but like it was really good that that was the last one. That's awesome. It was really cool. So, but anyways, yeah, man, getting COVID is, uh, it is definitely more irritating than it is. Like, I feel like I'm going to die, <laughs> you know? And like, what, like it was scary though, because like during this tour, we lost like one of my wife's family friends who was like one of the healthiest women I've known. She's, she's a, a Chinese woman and a Chinese medicine doctor. Mm was not vaccinated though and she died from covid that's a man that's a scary thing like everybody it it hits p different people differently she was so healthy man and she was able to treat so many people and help so many people with like cancer and like all kinds of things dude like crazy stuff that normal doctors couldn't help you with you know or could help you to a certain extent but like she helped like friends and family like with serious health problems where they were going to probably not make it and she helped them through it mm. and this she told my wife i don't know what this is she's like but i am not able to treat myself she's like that that makes me think that this is man-made it is not like a just a regular virus and she's like she told my wife please summer please go get vaccinated you know, and this is an alternative medicine doctor that is like, those doctors do not say that. Yeah. She was like, if, if I could go back, I would have definitely gone and gotten it. But she's like, I just, you know, she, she, and they, that, that like, I think a few days later they gave her a 1% chance to live and then she died. That's brutal. I'm like, dude. And so, you know, we were talking about that at the beginning of the tour where I was like, you know, I have a, a friend that's in the hospital right now and we had high hopes, but like <clears throat> then for two of our people to get it and then me to get it, I was just like, dude, you know, I'm not trying to get on this like kick of like, man, I'm so pro vaccination because I was not planning on getting it, to be honest, you know, like, but um, I'm really uh, thankful that I did not get sicker than I did. And, you know, it's not over yet. I don't think I'm out of the woods yet. I still have a lot of <clears throat> lingering effects. I still haven't ridden my bike. You know, I haven't been able to, and, um, you know, I haven't really been in the studio. I came in the studio here on Friday and that was like, that was the first day I came in here because I didn't want to spread my germs in here, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and that was that, you know? And so I was able to fly home and for the first time when I got home into my own home was the first day, like I took my mask off and like, was like, okay, I'm not going to wear a mask around you in our home. I'm not going to sleep with a mask. You know, I'm, and everything that we've read, I'm like 10 days out now, you know, from my first symptom. And they're saying only four days you're supposed to be contagious. So I don't think I'm contagious right now. Plus my wife is vaccinated and she hasn't gotten even like a slight symptom at all. So I'm like, I think we're good. So that's why we're on zoom today, Phil. And I wasn't like, yeah, come in the studio because I'm not trying to get anybody have anybody in the same room, even right now, even though I'm two weeks over two weeks out, almost three weeks now. Yeah. Oh, I'm still appreciate safe it. Better safe than sorry. Right. <laughs> yeah. So damn right. dude. So this is the, I'm just going to do it the janky way. I ain't trying to hear that right now. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. Now, 
Damn, now, look, what a crazy story, dude. And you almost didn't even go on that tour. Hmm. You try you tried to turn it down. That's the thing, dude. <laughs> if I if I didn't go on that tour, I don't know if right now I would have been vaccinated. Like I don't know. Man. I might have been. Oh, who knows what would have went down. Well, I'm happy you my went. perspective. I'm happy you went. I'm I'm glad you didn't um I mean I'm, I'm super bummed about the whole Ronas. Yeah. But I'm I'm glad that you're okay. Yeah. I'm a, I think I'm way better off now though because once you, you know, you have the vaccine and then once you get it, you're you right. boost your your antibodies like crazy. So like I'm I'm probably really good now. Yeah. You know. Um I I still am planning on getting the booster shot when I can. Um, yeah, and I know a lot of people are going to be like, dude, why would you do that? Like, why? like the first thing my, I went to my doctor to kind of get treated and figure out what I need to do supplement wise and stuff. And the first thing he said was like, so I guess there's no point in getting that vaccine after all, huh? And I'm like, shut up, dude. Like, <laughs> shut up. Like, yeah. I'm going to get, I get to, I think I, I get to get the booster this month. So I don't think I, I, I first of all, I don't think I need to get it. But second of all, I don't think, um, I don't know if I can physically get it because I have just gotten over having actual coronavirus. Oh yeah. I don't know the rules. I don't know the rules, but, um, how are them Zildjian's treating you? Oh God, dude. You're better be glad that I don't have a freaking dongle, dude. What is wrong with you, Zildjian? Um, you know, to be honest, man, I got some special dry K's um, hi-hats. They're lovely, man. Nope. <laughs> They're kind of dope. Nope. Um, My, I was f- Minos, right? Yeah, I need to sell these Ilgens, dude. <laughs> so I played, a, I played a gig and um, played like a dinner set with my whole setup being all special dries. Yeah. Even the hi-hats. And it was cool, but it wasn't that cool. It wasn't as cool as it was before I left. Yeah. You know what, actually? Sorry, but I'm not going to push the button, but there's another soapbox. So I got two brand new Zildjian's. I got a a K hybrid, 19 inch. Nice. The sound that I've been missing for all these years, because every time I try to get that replaced, they would always send an 18 inch. And so I just had to get used to an 18 inch, but I've always wanted a 19. Mm. And I've and I had a 19 originally. Like I bought a 19 inch crash, hybrid crash, and then it broke. Sent it back. They sent an 18. Okay. So, anyways, this time I sent the 18 back, and I said, "Oh, it's a 19." And then they sent a 19, and I hit it, and I was like, "There it is. That's the sound that I've been missing." You know. Nice. I got those special dry hi hats, and I got the um, I got an A custom. The A custom sucks, dude. It's like I used to use, it's a 17 inch A custom. I used to use that. Like I used to use like a 17 and a a 16 inch A customs. Like I used to only have two A customs. Yeah. And then when the hybrids came out, I got the hybrids, but I still always had like, I had an A custom Rezo. That's okay. It's cracked though. So I sent it back. They sent me an A custom. That A custom is dumb. Mm -hmm. It's not loud enough. It's, it's just a dumb symbol. Dude, I played it for three weeks on tour. The bell is already completely like, you know, spider cracked, you know, where there's like no. around the, the, the hole of the bell. I'm like, this is a brand new symbol and I'm supposed to sell it. And Oof. now it's like already cracked. 
Three weeks. Three weeks playing that symbol and it's already cracked. Now, you guys are great, Zildjian. You guys are full-on great. Like, just love you to pieces. Full-on. <laughs> you guys are the worst, dude. <laughs> so I stopped using that Zildjian after two weeks, that A custom. Not even three weeks. Two weeks. Well, if you count the rehearsal then, yeah. Three weeks. So two weeks I stopped using it and I used the A, the, the K hybrid smash crash. Sounded amazing. But now I'm stuck with a stupid cracked symbol that I'm not going to be able to sell or I'm going to have to sell for like, I, I should stop complaining because I didn't pay for it. They sent it and replaced it for free. So whatever. But I need to sell my Zildjian's ASAP. I haven't even cleaned them and posted them yet. But the problem is, man, I am swamped with gigs right now, like swamped. Nice. And um, and so I can't have a period where I'm like, I have no symbols, you know? And I don't want to hit up Preston and be like, yo, can I just borrow some symbols when I'm like clearly not going to be playing those symbols? Like I, I'm going to sell my Zildjian's to buy Minos, period. Yeah. And I'm going to buy Minos at full price. That's because I want to play those symbols. Yeah, and you just came out with a new series. You want to tap on them in person, huh? Well, that's the other thing is like, where I can't fly to Nashville, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, so I I think I got to take a trip to like the Hollywood Drum Shop or something and test out some. But then that's that's putting me in this like, you know, I have to go to a drum shop and deal with Dumbo's. And I don't want to deal with that. And, you know, you can't go to Guitar Center and test them out because they don't think they have any minors. Maybe they do. I think they have them there. Oh, well, you're limited, though. And there's like there's some that are specific that like I'm like, I want that symbol. I mean, I got to spend like four grand, though, like because I need like a jazzier setup and I need a rock setup. And then when I'm done with that. You could always do the payment plan with the Sweetwater. Yeah, I'm going to end up doing that. I'm going to have to, man. I'm going to have to like, damn dude, you can't drop. You should drop them an email again. Be like, check out this picture for my tour. Yeah. 80,000 people. No biggie. Get, you know what irks I, me even I, I more though? Uh, Vic Firth and Zildjian are the same. Like if you're, if you're trying to get an endorsement with Zildjian, they're going to be like, Oh, are you also interested in Vic Firth? Yeah. Like, or if you're like a Zildjian guy, you're most likely going to play Vic Firth, you know? And, um, you know, through all this stuff where like, you know, I'm one of, I'm, I'm going on tour. I'm playing in like a, am I, am I roboing out right now? No, I'm going on tour. I'm doing like all this stuff. I've seen like over the, in the course of like the last month, I've seen them sign. Like I've seen like probably like four people. That's like, please help us welcoming so-and-so to the Vic Firth family. And I'm like, who, what are they even doing? They're Instagram famous. They're just gospel chopping, chopping on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what the criteria that you guys are looking for. Like I'm playing <laughs> a festival in front of 80,000 people in like one of the, I'm not one of the opening bands. And like, you guys won't consider me. I'm, I'm playing with cracked symbols over here that I just got brand new. And you guys won't consider me dude. Kick rocks. Yeah. Go jump off a bridge. Zildjian. Oh, I I bought some drumsticks recently. That oh, really? were, yeah. Well, I, you know, I didn't get. They're not haram, because I really needed something delicate for like more jazzy situations. Yeah, 
and they just, as far as I know, don't have a stick like that in the Haram lineup. Kind of done with them too. No they, offense. They've got like the seven, you know, they've got the standard sizes and then the funky model, and you know they're all good, but they're just not quite. They don't get the symbol sound I want. But I tried um, a Promark stick. Oh, that's um, Annika. Oh, Annika Niles. Niles Needless or Needless or I'm not sure how you how you say your last name, but um, they're Promark. But dude, they're great. Got that's crazy that her stick that. agreed to. That's crazy that her stick agreed to come on the show, though, Phil. Yeah, you see that? Her <laughs> stick. So her stick is like more reliable than she is. Isn't she crazy. a vinyl artist? Yeah, shouldn't she have she is. play their sticks? Because they make yeah, their own sticks now, right? Yeah, I don't get it. Um, well, anyway, it's a pretty. It's it's pretty decent. I like it. Well, she probably said that she would play the vinyl sticks, but then just never showed up. To get him, <laughs> uh, that was a good dig. There's some underlying soapboxness to that comment. Yeah. You guys can fill in the blank, but yo, Funky Phil, yo, Corey, we have some great listeners, don't we? Yeah, you know how they can be even more like dope than they already are. Keep listening. Definitely true. What else? Tell all your friends. Also very true. What else? Join the Patreon. All good things. But you know, the biggest thing that they can do is go to drumbrigade.com and check out the merch store. Yes. We have so much like dope swag up there. We got men's shirts, sweatshirts. We got women's shirts. We got kids' shirts. Yes. Onesies. We got socks. Mugs. Phone cases. Stickers. We've got it all. All in different sizes, all in different colors, just for you. So if you want to show the world that you are a drummer with style and you're part of the Brotherhood of Drums, go to drumbrigade.com, visit our merch store. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to know how the the Corey Kingston <laughs> slash Eric Moore model stick performed on tour. Oh, you mean Corey Kingston, the drummer for Gogo Bordello? Yeah, that one. The same one. <laughs> uh <laughs> <clears throat> by the way phil if you need five a's like we got i mean i haven't sold i sold like a few while i was on tour like where my wife had to ship them ship them out but snap we got we got piles of them sitting here and then all the sticks that i was i have bagged up to take with me on tour i didn't end up taking because the band like orders them to be delivered out there and then i got a signature model dialed in so nice um, the yeah, super over sticks. the top Corey Kingston model of the drum brigade drumsticks were great, man. They were great. They looked, they look way better than I thought. Um, they came out really cool and very unique and they are at the end of the day, they are very me. They very much fit the style of the band too. Yeah. Um, the whole entire tour. So I would play a fresh pair for sound check. And then I would use that as my warm-up sticks, like backstage. And then I would play a fresh pair for the show. Yeah. And then I would like end up throwing those out because they were like useless by the end of the gig. Mm -hmm. So I would basically play one pair of sticks for the whole show. The whole entire tour, all the shows that we played, I only broke one stick on one show. Whoa, nice. Yeah. That's good. So so yeah, and then the the warm up sticks that I had, or like the sound check sticks, would be like my backup sticks 
So then, like, if I broke one, I would grab one of those, but those would all get tossed out in the crowd after. They're good sticks. They look good, so, man. I could see them from um, the audience in the observatory. I could tell. Oh, uh, cool. I could see them. I was like, they're real subtle. Yeah. A little bit of color, and the the, the gold was a nice, yeah, a nice they're, they're subtle, a bit over the top surface. They're a bit fancy. We got, like, the regular drum brigade sticks. Um, you know, if you guys have seen them, they're already kind of pretty pretty over the top flashy like look like a stencil drum brigade logo and it covers the whole entire stick and then the butt of the stick is two different colors well my signature stick i did the exact same drumstick except with my signature and then the part where it has the the whole drum brigade logo is like gold plated but not real gold but shiny like shimmering gold and so they're super i wanted to do something that was almost like tongue-in-cheek like kind of making fun of like some of the other companies out there that just go over the top, you know, like with, you know, fluorescent colors or whatever, there isn't too many sticks out there that go bananas, but like, I wanted to do something that was a little bit like, that's a little too much, you know, and, <laughs> and I love it. The only problem is, um, so playing with these every night, you know, the gold doesn't last very long. Like your sticks get dented up and dinged up and stuff. So, by the time you're done, you know, like the part that you hold on to is still like intact, but like the rim shots and the cymbal crashes and stuff, it just chips away that the logo really bad. So there's like gold flakes, like glitter all over my pants, all over the bass drum, like all over the rug. There's oh. just like gold glitter everywhere, dude. <laughs> and sometimes I'd go in the dressing room after the show and there'd be like glitter on my face, like just a couple. <laughs> sometimes they're just like, like the sound guys, like the the techs were just like, dude, what? That's awesome. Gold everywhere. I'm just like, yeah, man, whatever. It's my signature. But like people really, it's a unique thing, man. Like, People really like them. Like the the percussion guy was like, "Dude, your signature stick is dope." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, we just we went a little over the top, but you know, it's on purpose." And so one of my students came out to the show, and um, I told him if any, I told any of my students that come to the shows, you'll get one of my pairs of um, signature sticks. And so that my little student Indy, his favorite color is gold. Like oh, he has a gold perfect. drum set. Yeah. I saw him at the, the observatory. Yeah. We, we happened to be wearing, standing in the same area, both wearing drum brigade shirts. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's my dream, dude. <laughs> that's that's my dream is like, I, I want like a scene within a scene, you know, like I want like the Gogo Bordello fans to be there, but then I want there to be this like subdivision of this subculture of like, other fans that are wearing drum brigade shirts you know yeah that'd be so dope that was like how it was at san diego there was only a few of you guys there but you guys were all representing drum brigade and i was just like yeah it was awesome they saw they spotted me and and, and i was like because you were it was loud because we couldn't talk but we did like yeah. a, a visual like you know yeah yeah we're on the Those, team that whole family <laughs> is so diehard like so diehard drum brigade they're just like anything that we have they're buying it you know and oh, like that's rad. he has a he has a drum brigade banner and is like behind his drums oh man yeah. that's cool um and like same thing with jason the other dude he has a big old giant drum brigade banner in his garage of like it's like dude when i you don't you guys don't even know how that makes me feel man it's just like 
this just this random idea to like help our drum community and these dudes believe in it so much that they're like hanging a giant backdrop in their garage or you know that's awesome so i gave that kid some some drum brigade signature sticks and i was like you and me are the only ones that have these you know and he was like you like you would have thought i actually gave him actual gold plated drumsticks he was just like he his mom said that he was like holding them when he was sleeping and he like woke oh. up in the morning he was still holding them oh, man. he's just like i just can't believe i got these tour sticks you know like, that's so I'm sweet so funny. oh man <laughs> it's so cute man that's amazing so, but um yeah dude it was uh so th those sticks held up really nice um they were i won't uh, from here on dude to be honest with you, like I have no desire to be, to get Vic, Vic Firth are still very nice They're You know, I have a pair of a couple of pairs of Vic Firth in my stick bag. I still have a couple of the, like, um, um, Jack DeJanets or something, some kind or Peter Erskine's like mm -hmm. those, there, there's no stick out there. That's as good as that, in my opinion, for what that stick does for like jazz. Yeah. For like jazz. Yeah. I just think that's the best drumstick for that. But those anyways, so um, it's hard to compete with Vic Firth as far as quality. Um, those sticks just feel really nice, but I don't see myself ever playing any other drumsticks, but these drum brigade sticks, as long as the manufacturing company is around, which I don't see them going anywhere there. There's just something special about playing a signature drumstick from your company that you designed, you know, you know, or you had, I had help with designing, but like, it's, it's my vision, you know, and nobody else has them. I don't care if they're not major brand name. I don't care. And the process of getting these is so much easier than dealing with the bozo, stupid idiots, AR reps at Zildjian or freaking Vic Firth. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. so much easier. It's so much easier set just sending an email to a manufacturing company and saying, Hey, I need to place another order for my company. And then they go, okay, cool. Which design are you using this one? Okay, cool. We'll get it set. And then it's just like credit card information. Boom. It's shipped there within no time. There's That's no awesome. hoops you have to jump through. And it's literally, it is literally the same price or cheaper than going through the stupid nonsense of trying to be on somebody's website as an endorsee. Yeah. It's literally because I'm still going to have to pay for them. No offense, dude, but like Haram makes wonderful, great drum drumsticks. If you guys want to use some great drumsticks, Haram drumsticks are really great. But seriously, I get these signature drumsticks for my own company cheaper for less money and better quality. I, I can't say better quality because Haram sticks are better quality. But some of these companies out there that I've used on tour these sticks are better quality. They're first rate hickory. They're cheaper and it's zero hassle. Zero. I sent one email. I sent a couple emails like, Hey, these are how we're going to change the design. But once I passed on the email to the tour manager, it was zero complication. Just place the order. I get to New York for rehearsals. They're there. That's awesome. And it's exactly how I needed them. Exactly how I wanted them. You know, it's just like, there's no reason for me to ever deal with any other stupid nonsense with a company. Just let's just go this route. Why wouldn't I play drum brigade drumsticks? Yeah. I'm being very blatant and very frank, but that's the truth of the matter. Why wouldn't I just 
play my own drumsticks. If I want to change the design tomorrow and order a different design, I can do that. If I want to have drum brigade drumsticks that have my face all over them, I can do that. Yeah. And there's, you're not going to get that. If, if the most I'm going to get Vic Firth is going to be like, cool. Yeah. We'll do your stick. We'll figure out what size you want, but most likely it's going to be a five a, and we're going to put your signature on it. If you can convince us to do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and no. you have to jump through hoops to do that. Those brigade sticks are really good, man. I got to get some more pairs. They, they last forever. Dude, we got to do a, a, a funky Phil signature, dude. If you want to do it, like we can just, you know, like I don't have to, I'm not like, you can just pay the, the, you can just pay the, all the stuff, you know, Woo. like we could just, or you can just pay me back and you don't have to pay like for, um, you don't have to do, you know, you don't have to, obviously you don't have to buy them at full price. We can just order them and like get them at cost and just pay I'm for curious. the shipping. I want to see the options. I like I want to, I really want to get something that's like, um, I really want to get something that's good for like jazz and stuff. Unfortunately, yeah. that's the problem with the way that we manufacture. Like, so I'm, I'm, we can talk more about this off the air, but I'm fortunate that I, I play a very standard stick. I play like five a or five B and I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. I don't need like barrel tip. I don't need like, you know, I don't need any of that. Um, if I do have to play like a jazz stick or if I do need to play like, you know, like we, w the options are limited on, you don't get to design your stick, like with changing the tips and all that you can do like a couple different sizes and that's what we got. But yeah. what you have is the reason why the manufacturer does that is because they're like 99% of people play a standard five a with, or five B with, you know, an acorn tip. And that's, it's like, yeah, that's it. So, <clears throat> and if you're, if you're going to go, if you're happy with that, you can design them however you want. If you're happy with that, you know, they're going to be first rate hickory. They're going to last a long time, probably longer than like a lot of the sticks that you already currently use. They're going to be like 90% better than like, if you go to the guitar center, you know, discount bin and grab, you know, a, a brick of guitar center brand sticks they're gonna be like seriously 90 95 percent better than that 900 percent better yeah yeah <laughs> i mean they're seriously gonna they're gonna last you like three times four times as long as those drumsticks yeah. and they're not gonna be warped you know yeah. they're gonna be straight they're gonna be strong they're gonna last you a long time and they're gonna look dope so um i mean yeah that's we'll talk about it more offline but um there's a lot of like, even if you want to design your own thing, like if you want to, I can give you the template and you can design your own thing. And like, we can do any of that, nice. any of that stuff. Um, so yeah. Um, all right. So anyways, um, Zildjian's were good. They got me through the tour, the, the hi-hats I was really impressed with. Um, you know, um, the Aquarian drum heads, let me talk about my drums and let me talk about the Aquarian stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, say no more. Let's just, let's just end it there. You had the, um, super kick on your floor, Tom, right? Super kick one on the floor, Tom. Sounded cool. I think they had it mixed a little. The, the sound guy for this, for Gogo Bordello is an old school dude. He's been doing this for years and years and years. He knows he's not, he's not worried about nothing, dude. He's just, 
you can't phase this guy. You can't challenge this guy. He's been doing this. He's a seasoned veteran at sound and he's done it on all levels. Yeah. So he's going to make the drums sound like the way the band is supposed to sound. Yeah. You know? And so, um, you know, it was, uh, but I mean, dude, these drums are just, I just, I played, I don't, I don't know. I think they were Babinga or something, Masters of Maple drums. I was expecting just like a rap kit, you know, that was just going to be like a general, like I've, when I've played tour kits before, it's like normally just a rap kit, you know, that not necessarily beat up or anything. These were like definitely as nice as my home drums. Yeah. Like they were on the same level and it was just like just insane dude and so when i got to rehearsal immediately removed all the brand new heads that were on there that were remos took them right off and put on tops and bottoms on every drum Woo. of aquarian and so i played a response response or, or a response two on the rack force 10 on the floor and then a super kick one on the on the 16 inch floor Woo. and it was like exactly what i thought and exactly what i wanted it was not like oh we made the wrong decision on this one it was just like yep that's it you know and um the only thing i wasn't super happy with was the snare drum heads i don't remember what the here hold on give bear with phil hold on (laughs) i don't I don't remember what we put on the on the snare drum. It was like a it's not a force 10, it's not a response to, but it's like in between. Like I wanted wanted some just like a rock snare head and it had like a dot on it. Um I can't remember what it was, but impact, impact impact snare snare heads. Okay. And um I don't know if it was the snare or was those heads, but I wasn't too stoked on the sound of the snare. Hmm. So I was playing a black ugly, which is the same thing as a black beauty, but it's not um, beautiful. It's like torched. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a great snare, but brass shell, right? Uh, no, I uh, maybe, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. What's a black, what's a black beauty. Pretty it's sure. the specs of the original black beauty though. Not the new ones. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Oh, I, uh, super kick 10 on the, fl- on the kick. And then I took the pillows out, but then the sound guy put them back in like the tech, one of the techs put them back in. So it is what it is. I probably would go a different direction on the kick for future tours because they like the, they like the kick, um, to be boomy. And I was going for just a straight rock and roll kick. And I also don't put any pillows in my kick, so it would be boomier if it didn't have it. But I don't know what kick would be pristine. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Um, so, yeah, for the future gigs, I think I'm going to change the kick drum, but the toms are staying the same. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, by the, when you came to San Diego, I still had my snare a little bit loose, and as the tour progressed, I tightened up my snare. So it sounded a little bit more like me, but it was like not ringy at all. It was just really dead and like poppy sounding, you know? Um, but that yeah, I mean, good. toms and stuff, like barely any tuning, man. It was just like, I wasn't handling the drums 
but like for sound check, I would come out and then tune everything up and, you know, and then start playing. But like, not, I mean, I would literally tap the rack and I'd be like, yeah, it's good. Like maybe have to tune it up a little bit, but like, it was like, yeah, I don't have to tune it. You know, like I didn't have one day where I was like, uh, let me, let me like take this Tom off and tune every, the bottom and then tune the top and like make mm -hmm. sure it's sync. It was like the whole tour was like, yeah, they're fine. That's awesome. And then midway through, I had to swap out the snare head. And then I like noticed that the bottom snare head was still a Remo. And it was like, you know, like the rim was like flat with the, with the head. Oh yeah. Kind of. So I'm like, Oh, get rid of this thing. What am I even Stretch. doing with this thing? <laughs> so I like took that mug off and replaced it. And then I got home. I got to come home with two spare heads. I have a force 10 that we didn't use. And I have something, some kind of resonant head. So, um, <laughs> nice stoked on that. You know, I would, I would like to try like a, I know it's not a Remo power dot, but maybe something like that on the snare, like a clear head with a dot. Yeah. I think they have, was it the focus X focus X? Yeah. Oh, maybe it was a focus X I was using, but coded. Yeah. I think I, I can't remember. I think that's what it's called. Something like um, that. Dude, it was. So let me take you through a day in a life. Okay. Yeah. Um, this was not like any tour I've ever done. This was like the, the amount of like how much you're taken care of is like next level. And they said that this was like a rough tour for them. They're like, we're not used to like doing a tour like this, but this is the first one after COVID and like, we're trying to keep the cost down. I'm like, really? They're like, dude, normally we, they're like, normally we travel with like two buses. Normally we do like a lot of flyouts for longer drives. Like we, <laughs> we norm, like, <laughs> they normally do it like really in style. And so I would, okay. I would wake once I got like into the flow of things, I would wake up at about like, I would wake up in the afternoon. I would always like try to wake up late enough where the venue is open. So I could like walk right in and they don't load in until noon. Yeah. So I'd wake up like 1130 or noon. We were going to bed late though. That sounds weird for me. Cause I, I normally wake up pretty early and I'd like immediately get some coffee, like kind of stroll out of bed, get some coffee, drink my water, and then like start get it, gathering my things to go in the venue and get my stuff situated, right? Get dressed, you know, maybe get some breakfast, get more coffee, whatever. Um, but we don't have to be on stage until three. So I would walk in to the venue. I'd walk off the bus, get in, walk straight into the venue, and it was like everything is set up. My drums are already set up in place. Like most likely there's one of the techs is line checking my drums. And like I just walk in with a backpack and I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? Good morning. They're just like, hey, Corey, how's it going? And they're like checking everything. I'm just like looking like I cannot believe that. Like I just first of all, it's like kind of overwhelming to wake up and walk into a venue. You know, it's like. I don't know. It's just unusual. But then to just see like your drums are ready to go for you. Like I could sit down and play right now. And then, um, yeah, so I get dressed, get my things in order, get, you know, and then I normally just try to find some food or something. And then, um, then it's like sound for time for sound check and sound check is normally not like, a 
it's it's like they've already checked everything. So and we have files from other shows. So normally your ears are okay, and there you just have like minor adjustments. And then normally it's a two hour rehearsal. But because I'm like on salary, so I'm like required to be there. You know, like I have to be be there and ready. Yeah. And even if I'm even if I'm not like even if I'm the first one there as a professional, I'm still like, I still want to be here. I don't want to be the guy that's like, where's Corey, you know? So I'm there. And then normally the sound guys are really stoked that I'm there because now I can get my ears settled and get everything right and make adjustments. But they're, they're over the top, dude. Like everything look good, Corey. Like, did we get the symbols right today? Like, you know, like how's your ear sounding? Do you need more kick drum? All right. Let me, let me see how much like sub I can get you. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Or I'm just like, yeah, man, it's good. It's fine. Yeah. You know, I did get a little whiny and complaining about my ears, but everybody was, and I, I kind of felt bad about it that like, there was one day where I was so bummed that I like threw my ears off and threw them on the ground and just played without any sound because it was so bad. Whoa. But we, we were messing up. There was something getting messed up with the, I was hitting the, the ceiling for, I was hit, hitting the limiter on my snare and they didn't have my snare compressed enough. So all the low ghost notes and stuff were getting drowned out and I couldn't hear. So I was banging the crap out of my snare. Uh, and then I kept saying, I need more snare. I need more snare. And they kept trying to give me more snare, but it was hitting the limiter. So every time I'd hit my snare, it was still the same volume, but it was, it was just like, it was so frustrating that there was a lot of mistakes going on. That was dude, basically long story short between, between us, like, the monitor guy was getting beat up every night, man, by Aww. like a lot of the, like some, a few of the guys. And he started getting in his own head. And then that night, he, that, he, this dude is very qualified. He knows what he's doing, but he's new. And so he doesn't really know the, the, the repertoire of the band as far as what they need and how they work. I didn't know that. And so I didn't, I think that day I piled it on and I shouldn't have. And so I was just extremely frustrated with that. Like I got on the, like our so sound kept changing from sound check to the gig. My ears are different. And like this day was like there, you cannot tell me they would kept saying, well, you guys are playing louder. Well, you know, and I'm like, no, there's something going on where the sound is different. And so this day it was like, I couldn't hear certain things at all. And then I was like, my snare is not as loud as it was in soundcheck. I need more snare. And then he kept, he just boosted the snare all the way up and it was hitting the limiter. And then it was just canceling everything out. And I was just like, I'm done. And I just threw him on the floor. Mm. And then, um, he was like, dude, I can't help you if you throw your ears off. And I'm like, I could not physically listen to him. I said, I asked for one thing and everything came up like 20 DB. And then I was blowing my doors off. And so then if I turn down my pack, I can't hear anything. I'm like, I can't get through the show. I have to like, I'm like, you don't realize how much of my attention this show requires of me. I'm like, I can't be dealing with like, how's that in the mic? Like in my ears, hey man, can you hear your snare now? Like while I'm trying to focus on where we're at in these songs. Yeah. That's always put the on worst. A show. Trying, to, trying to stay focused on the show and then someone trying to jabber at you about something. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was hard. like, I'm, I'm done. I can't, I can't do this. Just let me get through the show, you know? And so, um, so anyways, I felt really bad. So that night I ended up having a meeting with the tour manager and like, dude, tonight was a disaster. Like I couldn't even wear my headphones. I mean, my ear, my in-ears. 
And then the tour manager was like, the tour manager does not pull any punches, man. He's the nicest guy in the world. But when he needs to be like a straight up D, he can, you know? And so he goes, so what do you want me to do? Fire this guy? And I'm like, I didn't say that. No. You know, I'm like, I did, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like, we have to figure this out because I got a job to do. And I said, and I'm relying on somebody else doing their job. But if they're not doing their job, correct then it affects me doing my job i can't hinder myself i can't like put myself in a position where i i'm gonna be the guy that's getting yelled at so i'm like so i need other people that are hired to do their job and they're getting paid to do a job i need them to do their job and take it serious like the way that i'm taking my job serious well here's what you don't understand and then he started he broke it down for me and like i was like okay that makes sense. And then I talked to the front of house guy like, hey, can't, how can I fix this problem? Because I keep having the same problem every night. He's like, well, you need to compress the, your snare drum. And I was like, okay. And he's like, I'll have a talk with him. And then the next day it was like night and day, dude. Nice. He's like, yeah, we compressed the crap out of your snare. And so now all those little ghost notes, you can hear them like you can hear the loud notes. He's like, but there's still a limiter where you're not, when you crack your snare, it's not blowing your doors off. I'm yeah. like, thank you. <laughs> That's what we needed to do. I don't, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. That's not your so, job. Yeah. Yeah. So every day I was like, can we compress the snare? And he's like, dude, I got you. Don't worry. And we were like, we were, we were homies from the beginning. But like after that, I was like, yo man, I'm really sorry about yesterday. I owe you an apology. And like, he's like, no. And, and I was like, you know, I feel really bad because I didn't really, I was only thinking about myself and like my sound and me getting through the show. I wasn't thinking about how much of a hard day you were having, you know, you, you, you had a blowout with one of the guys, you know, people have been berating you, beating you up all tour. Like the sound isn't right. The sound isn't right. And it's like his fault. And he's trying like that day. I really saw like, he is really trying his best, man. He's really, really trying. He's going above and beyond to I, like, dude, help I can't, me. I can't imagine running ears for a, for a band like that for a set that long too. Cause dude, you're, yeah. Just over the course of playing an hour, your ears change. <laughs> yeah. Like what you need to hear changes. Your ears get fatigued. Like you, so from the start of the set to the end of the set, you want a different mix. Right. <laughs> Usually. And so I'm pretty, I can't dude, imagine, I'm, I can't imagine having that job. I'm pretty like simple too. Like I, they were saying like, dude, you are so easy. Like it's not even like some of these guys are like, I need to hear like this frequency of my Tom. You know, and like, I'm just like, dude, I need to feel my kick drum because I have an injury on my ankle. So that's why I request a sub. I need to hear it. Yeah. I need to like hear my snare. I need to hear everything. I need to hear a good mix of everything. But the most important thing for me is the kick and the snare and my hi-hat for this gig. And like, <clears throat> and then I started realizing that I needed more overheads. Once I got that mix right, it was just so great, man. Mm. And, um, dude, shout out to the ultimate ears. Good God. Those are the best <laughs> dude. Those are the best in ears ever. Yeah. Like I'm using West tones right now. I brought West tones on the gig one day to try to figure out the, 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 once I came home from San on San Diego, I tried them out. I put them like partially in my ear, hit my kick drum and was like, Nope. And took them out and put them away. That's it. <laughs> I'll use them here at the studio, but there's dude, the ultimate ears are the best ever. They're so great. Um, anyways. Um, so yeah, so then we do like a two hour rehearsal, like straight up 
and they do not like rehearse the songs that you need to rehearse. It's like, we're working on new material. We're practicing like nuances and like, it's very art like centric, this band. It's very focused on like creating the art correctly, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, yeah, the music, you'll get it. It's fine. It's like, dude, I came into the first gig, like I'm not ready. Not ready. <laughs> oh god there was songs that we didn't even practice oh, and i no. had to play them that night <laughs> i'm just like dude dude i'd be a wreck <laughs> i mean i was seriously like and i'm like i don't you know i'm i'm really good at reading cues but i'm like i don't know who to who's who to look to i'm like i don't know i'm like i'm not ready it'll be fine man you'll be fine i'm just like dude you can't say that I'm like, I don't know that. <laughs> and like, so, um, but once you get that vibe, I mean, they'll change stuff on the fly. Like they'll, oh my gosh, dude is crazy. But anyways, so yeah, we do this thing. And then, then I, I would go and like, normally just like, we get a buyout so you can go get food or whatever, or you can, or it's catered. But I would normally just like make a sandwich. Cause I like to keep it light before I play. And so like the first couple days, the first day I ne I didn't use my buyout to buy food because I was just like so concerned with the show. So I just like made a sandwich, ate some fruit, you know, and then drank some coffee and played the show. Then after the show, I was like, man, I wish I would have like got a buyout, you know, like I, w or I wish I would have used my food money to go buy something because now I'm starving and I don't want to just eat another sandwich and like everything's kind of gone from the dressing room. So I could eat like an orange or eat some grapes or something, but like, that's kind of it. And so like, yeah. So after the show, I would like go, I would take a shower, get dressed for like, you know, relaxation, you know, um, bus time. Normally bus calls like in the middle of the night, like two o'clock in the morning or something. Mm -hmm. And so like after a shower, you know, I have my backpack and I put everything away and then I go on the bus and you can relax for all night if you want. And like, I walk on the bus and then there's like boxes, like to go boxes with everybody's name on it. And so I'm like, what the heck? And I like open it and it's like after show bus food. What? Every band member and every crew member. Damn. And it's like, it's like, not like, it's not like, you know, pizza or something. It's like, like only one day on the road, it was pizza. And it was like, the, the manager was like, are you guys sure you're okay with this? This is like really the only thing that we can eat, you know, but it's like normally like healthy, like super healthy, like falafel with salad or oh, like, God, like, like Asian food. Like, it's like, I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. I'm like, so wait, you guys, you have bus food every night. And they're like, the, like the tour manager's like looking at me like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, we have bus food every night. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is the greatest ever. And he's just like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? And I'm just like, Ugh. like, so every night it was like, we get a buyout and I'm like, I don't need this. I'm just going to make a sandwich and then I'm just going to eat bus food after this, you know? Awesome. And like, and then like, you just hang out and dude, we were like, the vibe was so great. Like, at, like the band would be on the crew was like, I wouldn't, by the way, like I finished the show, I walk off stage. I don't touch my drums until the next day. Like they're completely broken down and like, we don't load out anything. There's like crew and then there's local crew and the crew just tells all the local crew. Yeah, this is what I need next. And then they like wheel it into the trailer. Wow. 
So I would like walk out in my swim trunks and like my flip flops and like with my backpack freshly showered, just like, Hey guys, what's up? And they're just like sweating, like loading stuff in the, in the, in the trailer. And then I just like walk on the bus. Like, I don't need to do anything, dude. It's so hard to like, not be like, yo, let me help you. You know, like <laughs> I, I broke down my, I set up and broke down my drums two days on the whole tour. One, we were playing Meow Wolf, which is like a museum, like kind of super dope thing. Mm. Um, super, like the, the coolest show I played the whole tour. And it was a super small stage. And like, I had to like, they, they actually like woke me up. Like, we can't play the full kit. So we need you to like set up today. I was like, no problem. And so like, I set up just like my usual, like a four piece kit, you know, with, with three cymbals. And I still had dual hi-hats and they were just like, dude, thank you so much for setting up today. And I'm just like, dude, I set up every day when I'm at home. Like, what do you <laughs> yeah. think this is? <laughs> and then the last day um, after the festival, I broke down everything and they were just like, really, dude, you're breaking down. I'm like, dude, it's the last day. And I just feel like we have another show to do tonight. And I also want to just show my appreciation for you guys. So like, just let me handle it. And so they were just like, man, Corey, dude, thank you so much, man. I'm just like, dude, like, I know it's like their job, but it's just like, you know, I don't know. I just, I just appreciate it. You know, I don't come from that world. Yeah. You know, I, I come from the world where the, those guys are yelling at us to get our stuff out of the way, you know, because we're opening for them, you mm -hmm. know? And yeah. so I kept telling them that, that like, you know, you guys got to realize that this is not stuff I'm used to, you know? And so, but dude, it was like, the vibe was so great. Like when you go on the bus and the band is all there and it's like, we were like playing music and like, you know, it was like the stuff that I would typically like in other bands that I played in, like when I was in the Agrolites, if I would like try to vibe out with a band on music, if it wasn't reggae or like a certain kind of punk, like not even punk, just like a certain kind of punk. If it wasn't reggae or ska and like a certain kind of punk, they were making fun of me. Dude, why are you listening to this crap, dude? This is stupid. Like whatever, dumb. And like, this was like everything. We were like connected on so many levels of like, it was like, I would go, all right, let me get next. And then I would like, connect to the Bluetooth and then be like, dude, have you guys heard this? And they're just like, what is this? And they're immediately downloading. And it's like fusion, jazz, Brazilian stuff, ska, reggae. It doesn't matter. Dude, this is dope. I've never heard this. Oh my God. Then they're like, let me get next. Then they're playing some like crazy, like deep, like African style stuff or like, and I'm just like, what is this? And then I'm downloading, you know? And it's like, it was like that the whole tour. Oh, that's cool. Dude, there was days where we were like, like they would come on and they would be like, like there, there was like the opening, the opening guitar player was like on the bus too. And so he was like saying that he doesn't like Pat Metheny and the whole band was trying to convince him that Pat Metheny is dope. And like, I'm like, who would have thought that this band comes off stage? You know, everybody in the audience thinks that we're like sloshing like, you know, wine and beer around and drinking vodka and like probably listening to like, punk or something and i'm like and here we are just chilling out on the on the bus like listening to pat metheny and like <laughs> listening to weather report and you know and like and like vibing like loving it you know that's awesome it's really dope dude it's like dude it's the stinking raddest band i've 
ever worked with. It's like the, this, it was like, it was very short. Like I came into it like, okay, well let's see how this goes. And like, you know, nothing's for sure. We'll just play it by ear. We'll see if, you know, if, if we can make this work. It went from that to like, dude, I do not want this to end. Like I cannot wait till the next tour. I cannot wait for the next shows. Like every, like the family vibe on this gig is so incredible. Like when summer came to, to Chicago, it was the last day. It was like, like, for example, like, so I woke up that morning. I said, Hey, my wife is coming today. They're like, okay, where is she at? Like, I think she's by the airport. Okay. I'm going to have a runner go get her. And I was like, well, I was just going to get an Uber for her. And they're like, no, don't do that. And so he like, we're at a festival. He talks to somebody and has a, ru a runner go and get my wife like 45 minutes away and then bring her back. She has all access passes. She can go on stage anywhere. She can go anywhere in the whole festival. They like bring her in the bus. They bring, they like embrace her as family. We finish the gig, the second gig, <coughs> we get on the bus. It's like, my food is there, Corey. Her food is there next to mine. Like they, they don't leave anything unnoticed. Like if you're with the band, if you're crew or band or family, you're part of the family. That's cool. You know, and I've, I've, I never really felt like that in any other band that I played in. You know, it's just like everything was taken care of. Like she needs to get to her hotel room. Okay, well, let's let let us get an Uber for her. You know, like let does does she like they were like does she is she vegetarian too or does she eat meat? Okay, well we'll we'll take care of it. And it was just like everything was taken care of like that. That's how they roll. You know, it's like the fans that these people like that this band has, like they should know that like what you see on stage is like that genuineness and the love that they have for the crowd. Like you saw, like the, the band ends the show and then it isn't like, thank you. Good night. And then they walk off stage. It's like the band stays on stage and like still shares that vibe with the, with the audience, you mm -hmm. know, still stays and shows their appreciation and their love for that crowd. And they really consider like their fans, as part of the family. It's a go Bordello family, you know? And like, so when I was like doing this tour, they like put, did a post like to all the fans, like, Hey, please help us welcome Corey to the go Bordello family. And then I got so many DMS. Welcome aboard. You're sounding great. You're doing great. Welcome to the family. Like it was from fans, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just like, dude, that is so crazy. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> it makes you want to go like above and beyond. It makes you really want to do your best. You know, it's like, that's the way it should be. And there, like the last thing I'll say too is, you know, when I auditioned for this band, I thought it was the weirdest thing because it was, you know, it was five years ago or so. And, um, I didn't play at all. There was nothing even brought up about like playing. There's no drums in the mix. Like I met the singer at a hotel room and we had coffee and we chatted for like an hour. And it was just like, all right, man, cool. Well, yeah, we'll give you a call soon. Thanks for coming out, man. And and that was it. And I was just like, what is this? Like, do you got, you want to hear me play? Do you need me to send you videos? Like, I'm just like, no, dude. And so once I like, once I started doing the rehearsals, I was kind of like still thinking like, how do these guys know if I can play or not? 
<laughs> like, how do they know if I can get, if I can do the gig or not? Like, okay, obviously I got recommended by two different dudes, but like, you know, and they checked on my Instagram and they, you know, they, they, they looked at YouTube and stuff like that, but nothing on my YouTube, like, or even Instagram really shows that I can, like, I can play like gypsy punk, you know, or like <laughs> gypsy folk, gypsy jazz or any of that stuff. Yeah. It's not even in my wheelhouse. It's not even in the, the realm of stuff that I like listen to or perform. And they were just like, <clears throat> yeah, dude, like you have the gig before I even played a note with them. That's rad. And so I was like, why? I, I don't get it. But once I went on tour with them, it's a different situation and it helped. It was a lesson for me in that like I could be a little bit more like this, like with shuffle and bang, I really want to be more like this where it's so much about the art and creating the art of Gogo Bordello is so much about the vibe and so much about like whether or not you're the right person for the band. If you're the right person, you're obviously going to fit musically. Yeah. Like, and we already know based on the bands that you've played with that you can play, you're a professional, but like the research that was done was not really about my playing ability. It was like, is this guy like mentally stable? <laughs> is this guy like, does he have hangups? Like, is he an alcoholic or a drug addict? You know, like, is this guy going to vibe with the band? Like, is he going to fit in? Can he be a part of our family? Or is this guy going to be like a problem? And everybody in the circle, in the mix, dude, everybody is from different parts of the world. Even the crew is like from different parts of the world. Like the, the front of house guy is Dutch. The guitar tech is Brazilian, you know, um, the monitor guys from, from NorCal, but like every person in the band is from somewhere, Ethiopia, um, um, like Ukraine, Russia, um, the, the, uh, the percussionist is from Ecuador. Like I'm from San Diego, <laughs> like, you know, the, the female singers from New York, and it's like, everybody's just different, but they all have something in common, you know, and they all like are pursuing that successful art project, you know, and then the music is secondary. So when, when we got on stage, like when we left rehearsals and I was like, we're not ready, I, I need at least one day of just hammering the set. It was like, that doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's you'll be fine. Like it's meant to be loose. Cause that's the whole thing you'll get it. Like they put their confidence in me and I wasn't putting my confidence in me. And it was just like, yeah, we'll get it, man. The singer goes, our first day is in Seattle. So like, who's ever even heard of that town? I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's just like, he was joking, but he was kind of putting things into perspective of like, dude, you're fine. You know, you're fine. And so like yeah. about three, three shows in, it started making sense where it was like, it, 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 we put so much emphasis on the wrong thing as musicians. Yeah. You know, we put we put so much emphasis on who this dude has played with or like how great his chops are or, you know, how his skill level is. And at the end of the day, dude, that's not what what makes the connection. That's not what makes the music great. If you're worried about that, you're worried about the wrong thing. You're an artist. So like, yeah, the vision of the band should be the first priority. And when that is this when that is the case, dude it's a big difference because it's not like these, these songs are like just the skill level is just too much and you just can't do it. It's like, but the, but the, 
the I don't know, like the the visually and like vibe wise, like the stylistically and the style of the music is what's important. And then like, so that's why when we were on the bus, like we could share different styles of music. And it was like, these guys are for sure gonna like it because we're all like, we're all speaking the same language, you know? And as we were, as we started talk, like as we started telling stories and road stories and stuff like that of like, you know, old situations and stuff. It just started making sense where it's like, Oh, that's why, that's why I'm a fit in this band. Like I'm, I'm off the same tree as these guys. Like I'm the same well, I started off the same way that they started off. They did not start off in two buses and with a crew and they started off the exact same way that we did. Mm-hmm. They were in a van and they loaded in their own stuff and they worked their head. They like crawled their way to where they are. And it shows dude, you know? And so that was like, that was a really big learning process for me. Like where it was just like, you know, all these years, all these bands have had the wrong idea of success, you know, in all the bands that I played in that never made it, you know, Agrilites and Suedehead and Sharp Shock and all these other bands. And I don't mean this in a mean way, but a lot of these bands are concerned about being successful more than they're concerned about creating their art. They're concerned about having a hit song that's on the record, on the radio, or they have, they're concerned about, you know, I was concerned about headlining shows and being like, you know, getting to this point with those bands, you know, being on a bus and headlining and selling out shows and selling out venues. I was concerned about that and not even at all concerned about the music or the show, you know? And when the Agrilites first started, we were kids and we didn't care about having a hit song. We didn't care about that. We cared about blowing everybody's mind with this amazing show, playing the playing our favorite music in the world. That's all that mattered. And like, that's why we had so much success so quickly when we were younger, but that's why that, that success stopped. And that's why that band is still opening. You know, they're, 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 they have a level of success, but I mean, they should be, Agrilites should be Dropkick Murphys or Floggin' Molly or Go Go Bordello. They should be the reggae version of that. <clears throat> They're not. And that's why. Because when I left the band, the goal of that band was to have success in having a hit song. Our whole thing was we need a hit song so that we can be on the radio. You know, or we need a hit song so that we can we can be like social distortion. Yeah. It's the wrong thing. We stopped making art. We started becoming robots and just going on tour and, you know, mm-hmm. so man, that's what it's about. That's what it's about for me. That's what it's, that's what it should be about. If you're trying to be successful on music and you're not creating, you're not a creator or you're not playing in a band that's creative. You're not focused on that only success will come if you're doing something right. But as soon as you get caught up in the, the business aspect of it, you know, that stuff will come down the road, but man, so it, it, dude, it was all in all COVID as COVID aside, dude, it was a great tour. And like, I, I keep saying that, like when we were texting the guys, I was just like, man, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I'm so grateful that like, I got to be able to do this even during this time, you know, of hardships. And like, even though I ended up getting COVID, it still was like one of the best tours I've ever done you know? And like, I'm like, I'm so, I can't wait for the next one. 
And so they were just like, they were kind of like, well, I guess that answers that question then for us. Cause we were going to ask you the same thing. Like, do you want to kind of continue? And I was just like, without question, like without question, definitely. So like, I think it's like pretty official, you know, that's so, awesome, dude. So now I'm going to require, you know, different things for the show because mm -hmm. now I'm a successful drummer. So, yes. Yeah. So I need like, basically I need somebody to be here to sound check for this, for the, probably you, Phil, I need you to come to the studio, uh -huh. sound check for me. Yeah. Then go back home so that we can do the show. Okay. And then, um, I need you to sanitize my in-ears before I put them in. Uh huh. Sanitize I need mic. somebody to push the drop buttons for me <laughs> and know which ones I want you to push. <laughs> so I need you to kind of read my mind. Uh huh. Sense when I'm going to a soapbox and then just push the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And how dare you not have a dongle here for me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> sir. I'll make it happen. <laughs> I blame you. Please I blame you. Please don't get me fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, Phil, I'm sorry. I just talked and talked and talked and talked to this, this, this uh, show. I, I told you I had a lot to say, though. I did not find out what you did for six months, six weeks. That's um, okay. But I mean, I'm uh, guessing we might have a show next week if my demands are met. I'll try. I'll do my best. Okay. Hire somebody if you have to. Okay. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, I have no dongle, so I don't, I don't think you're going to be able to hear this. <coughs> oh, I can, it's very faint. There we go. There it is. Yeah. It's the end of the show music. Yeah. Do you have anything you need to add, Phil? I mean, I just talked about myself for the whole time and I'm, I'm over here saying, yeah, it keeps me humble, keeps me centered and grounded. And <laughs> no, yeah, I man. just talked about myself for like two hours. It was wonderful. Oh, it was really nice to hear all the stories and catch up i'm a covid survivor phil it's true <laughs> it's been quite a journey for you <laughs> yeah i was just you know i'm using it i'm using it it's just like is this the way that you would talk to a covid survivor like, <laughs> anybody that says no to me would you really say no to a covid survivor what about the drummer for gogol bordello oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i need to send email an email to zildjian so would you really turn down a covid survivor even if he was the drummer for gogol bordello <laughs> <laughs> guys please understand that i'm joking when i when i refer to myself as the drummer for gogol bordello that is that's like that's your new like middle name right not kingston Corey kingston drummer of gogol bordello no lose the kingston Corey drummer for gogol bordello Porn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I'm down. Or just um, Corey Gogol Horn. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. I, I played a real show. I played like a. I played a show, uh, a wedding gig. And I had to like set up my own stuff. Oh, and my drums man. were tuned. Like my snare was so tuned high. Like like, and I didn't have mics on anything. Yeah, I have a soapbox about that, but I'll have to do that one next week nice all right guys well thank you for allowing me to just talk about myself for an hour and a half um you know but it's been six weeks yeah so needed that we'll hear from funky phil next week but i mean you guys gotta everybody's been asking me like somebody was like so will there be any soapboxes like about that i'm like oh boy you guys don't even know <laughs> um so yeah there's always soapboxes, right? Even though like outside of this, I'm a pretty positive person. 
I do put the soapboxes on for the show, but I do have complaints sometimes, especially when I play with the schmucky metals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. So anyways, um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being here. And thank you, Funky Phil, for being here. Yeah, man. And um, and thank you to me. Thank you. For just this is Corey definitely Corey COVID survivor. Yes. Drummer for Gogo Bordello, Kingston Horn. Man, that's yes, a mouthful. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's gonna keep getting, you know, longer too. Well, that's why you pay me the big bucks. Corey yeah. King Corey <laughs> Kingston, COVID survivor, Gogo Bordello, Dongleless, Kingston Horn. <laughs> All right. Don't get it twisted. Guys, go check out drumbrigade.com if you want any information, updates, or if you want to sign up for lessons. Hit up Funky Phil at uh, philpardell.com if you want drum lessons with him. Um, All that stuff. You can look at my real website. Oh, dude, I forgot to mention something. Sorry. What? T-Gross came out with an album on Sunday, yesterday. Oh, I didn't. New album. This was the one I was talking about, the hardest album I've ever recorded. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh, it is on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. It's on Google Play. It's on all that jazz. It's called Far Above, and it is like dope. I've listened to it twice all the way through, and it is great. I'm very, very proud of this album. Got it. I'm going to listen to it today. I'm really proud of the drumming on this album. Is there so, vinyl? Uh, it's coming, but it's not coming until like late next year. Mm. <clears throat> vinyl sales. Vinyl manufacturing is really backed up so um all right so go listen to the new tigros record tigros album it's great t-i-g-r-o-s um oh it's all the guys that use this studio here so um and we we yeah it's just great man i'm really really stoked on the drumming on this i can't wait it's not too crazy it's just really difficult you know yeah i know all right guys thank you again and um i'll see you guys Next week. <laughs> this is why you're a true drummer, Corey. You're, 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 you're a legend. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Zildjian? Thanks for listening to the Drum Brigade podcast. This podcast was recorded in the Beat Locker at Pimp City in Oceanside, California. This podcast was produced by Funky Phil Pardell and all drops and original music are by Corey Kingston. The Drum Brigade theme song is I Don't Like Your Music by The Busters. For more episodes, please visit drumbrigade.com and hit up our archives to hear some great interviews with Thomas Lang, Daniel Glass, Stan Bicknell, Tosh the Drummer, Kurt Buscara, Mike Dawson, and many, many more. For all other things or to get in touch, please visit drumbrigade.com. Oh yeah, one more thing. Like and subscribe.